Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hollywood Godfather, my life in the movie and the mob, and the man who wrote this book, the genius, my co-writer, but most of all, he's my friend, Pat Picciarelli. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for that. I've been called a lot of things, but genius has never been one of them, so thank you very much. Uh, This evening, uh, based on a question asked by a reader last week about... uh, the uh, uh, Lake Mead discovery of a body encased in a drum. Uh, in fact, now they've discovered a second body uh, separated from the drum. They found the drum and they, they, they found bones uh, on the shore. But anyway, it's been said, and this is a good way to start this uh, show, given this topic. A good friend will help you move, but your best friend will help you move a body. <laughs> so think about this you know the evidence is the body so it's you can't prosecute someone for murder without having a body but it's that m- much more difficult uh if, if you if you don't have one that that's what everybody strives for is going to plan a homicide is to get rid of the body so the mob has basically become experts at this but getting back to lake me is a, a factoid which really shocked me since this drought has been in effect, and this is why these these uh, uh, bodies are, are starting to be discovered because the the water level is going down. Do you know how far it's gone down, Johnny? Exactly, I know because I I kept a boat out there. It's about one hundred and seventy five feet. That's what it is. So to put that into perspective, that's a seventeen story building. The water line has gone down, and then we're talking about a, a self made. Lake. lake that was dammed by Hoover Dam for power, and it yeah. and it, it borders like five states. They're working now. Vegas is working on thirty percent of the water that they need. Wow. Now there's there's no end in sight for this. So what you're going to see is a, a lot more barrels with bodies popping up or just laying there. But understand too that uh, a lot of debris was was tossed in barrels and thrown in Lake Mead. They're just regular garbage. So right. you're going to find an awful lot of that, too. But for now, they've got two bodies. Uh, and well, it was a joke out. in Vegas for years. Because see, what, what the, the the law with the mob, and for people who are not familiar with Vegas and how it was structured in the 40s when they started and when Bugsy opened in 44, the idea was everybody, mob family, can have a property. But we all work under the same rules. You never settle an argument in Vegas. You don't commit crimes in Vegas. And it's a neutral territory for all of us to make money. That's how they organized it. Because there was a mutual respect. They weren't going to take your joint down or another casino down. They worked like, you know, it was really well planned and thought out. Again, until like the Tony Spilatros came and... He thought it was his town. But with that said, that's why Lake Mead was an open territory to drop bodies because they can get on a boat 
and take the body to Colorado, which is on the water. (laughs) And they were in the sanction of the oath that they took. I mean, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, you go to Arizona from that lake. Well, I'm sure uh, that whoever was dumping bodies in Lake Mead was doing it the right way versus what they did to Johnny Rosselli. They dumped him and he popped to the surface three days later. Yeah, well, know? the chain. I mean, we, I mean, <laughs> you know, that that was something that was so weird because for just for people who know Johnny Rosselli, and we said it in our book, I think Johnny Rosselli was the hitman. For Chicago, he was trained by the CIA. Him and a guy out of Florida that they were very close to, Santo Traficante, was very close to Fidel Castro. And when Joe Kennedy made the deal with the mob through a guy who's like my father, Frank Costello, and why they all went along with it was that get. JFK, Senator John F. Kennedy, president, the first duty, he was going to invade Cuba. And we'll get the mob back. That's why Maya Lansky got involved. That's why Accardo, Chicago, got involved. I mean, you, I can name every major family in, this, in the United States that was either controlling unions, uh, mass bodies of members, Teamsters, culinary union. That's how he became president. Bob, you know, the mistake he made was put his brother in. Wouldn't it be easier just to drag a body out to the desert, bury him there? Bury him? Water, water gives up things. I know, but see, the problem you have with the wild animals out there, the coyotes would dig them up and drag them all around the, around the desert. I never thought of that, true. <laughs> Believe me, I know more about getting rid of bodies out there just because I lived there. I had a 40-foot Hatteras. Yeah. And then I had another smaller boat. Everybody always wanted to use my boat. I said, leave me alone. <laughs> use my boat. And I was on the lake during that time. I was in Vegas those years. I got to Vegas in 59 and left in 89. I was going to Lake Mead into the 80s on my boat. I loved it. A half hour drive out there. It was like another planet. Well, I tell you, uh, they'll probably, you know, with the uh, with the DNA identification, they'll probably be able to identify these two bodies. Oh, now, yeah, with the sophistication. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what's going to And who knows what else is going to be cropping up there. But anyway, they asked the, the former Las Vegas mayor, Oscar Goodman. You know Oscar, Johnny. Very I well. love Oscar. I, I can't believe. He, 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 he's a character here. So they oh asked him about, yeah. about these bodies. He said, well, there's no tell. This is a quote. There's no telling what we'll find in Lake Mead. And then he added. It's not a bad place to dump a body. Now, only the mayor of Las Vegas could say that. (laughs) Well, you know, most people, before he was mayor, he was probably one of the best known criminal attorneys there. And one of his clients was Tony Spalatro, which the movie Casino was made about. And Oscar Goodman played himself in the movie, talking about a colorful mayor. <laughs> yeah, he says, uh, well, to go on, he quotes, uh, I'm relatively sure it was not Jimmy Hoffa. That's oh, yeah, we know that. That's funny, but I mean, he, he, he would know. I would think just the Spalatro crew alone put 20, 30 people out there. <laughs> Man. Uh, so anyway, uh, 
they're, they're, they are expecting more. The corpse hasn't been identified, but the Las Vegas cops said that he had been shot probably uh, between the mid-1970s and the early 1980s, according to the shoes found with him. I guess they were in style back then, whatever he was wearing. That's it. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, that's funny. And, and this is a surprise. The death is being investigated as a homicide. Who would have thought? I wonder why they found bullets. In the, they found bullets in the guy's head. You think he did it? Well, it could yeah, have been think, maybe he committed suicide, put himself in a barrel. Oh, well. This is the worst <laughs> case of suicide I've ever seen. That's bad. <laughs> no, I mean this. I think this this is going to be around for a while. And you know, as as and and what was his name? John, who put, gave us this last week. Brought John, yeah, yeah. He brought our attention to it. It was so funny because. Unless you spent the time like I did there, thirty years, Lake Mead was known for that. But what happened? Some smart people in the eighties came up with a better plan to get rid of a body, because as we're reading now, bodies are coming back. So some of these geniuses that I knew, they all had fifty-pound bags of lime in their trunk with hefty bags. So a couple of times I noticed it, and I said, what do you do with this? You know, it's a way, new way, now we got to forget about putting somebody in a barrel or burning, we don't do it. I said, what do you do? He said, we put a body in the, in the bag, empty the 50-pound bag of lime in it, drive him out to Red, Red, Red Valley, Death Valley, whatever's out there, no, red, 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 red canyon. Something. It's 120 yeah. degrees. You put somebody in a black bag, as the moisture in their body withdraws, it activates the lime, and the lime disintegrates the body. In 10 days, the body, the bag blows across the desert. Man, unless you are there to grab that bag and get the DNA on the lining. <laughs> Everybody, everybody had something different. Roy DeMeo, who we spoke about at the beginning of this podcast series back in the day, he used to like to cut people up in his bar, the Gemini Lounge. Oh yeah, and just and I knew the Gemini. I mean, I still everybody knew that. That, yeah, that was insane. Street, you know, yeah, that place. But the you know but that that I mean people. that was I mean he he was known. He'd come and clean up the cleaner. He had but the nickname he the cleaner. People, he killed people in his own bar. Right. I mean, they're talking 200 people. I know. And he, he, would, he would cut them up. Then he would take them out. But there's all kinds of evidence there. He just didn't care. But he was a good father and a good husband, I understand. <laughs> Go figure. That's, I mean, no, I, I mean, read the, the, Gem, book. the Gemini, the one thing you want, we used to have a joke in New York. If anybody else should have a last call, the Gemini bar don't go. Because <laughs> <laughs> it may be your last call. <laughs> and, you know, every. every they wanted to take word the mayor out for years. Uh, the, the the commission wanted him to go, but everybody was afraid to do it because if you screwed it up, you'd be in serious trouble. Well, I know a lot of and a lot of people used them. I mean, I know a lot of friends that would call. They the, used to call him the clean. Everybody knew who it was. I mean, he anyway, was like, you, he was like a, a surgeon. I mean, you 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 go in there. This guy was down in all wet gear, like going fishing. Everything was you know. I, I would I would Plastic. think it's hard. What? I would think it's hard to up a body. You have to know what you're doing. Well, you really don't. You just have to go to all the joints. 
Yeah, I guess. You just snap joints and, and well, I, I don't want well, to. I'm, I'm going to have to take your word for that. I mean, I know. Yeah, I, my name, if you think about it, that's where that's <laughs> where to do it. <laughs> All right, here's a name, Johnny, that you, that you may know. Uh, Jeff Schumacher, Vegas. Sound familiar? But he was like a, a wannabe guy. I know the guy. Uh, he, he was a dealer no. at the Stardust. No. Well, he runs the uh, National Museum of Organized Crime and Law Enforcement. The Mob Museum. Oh, downtown. That's where I know. I just met him. The yeah. Mob Museum. Okay. Well, he's got something to say about these bodies. Ready for this? I think these individuals will likely have been drowning victims. <laughs> they went for women a 55-gallon drum, uh, and they, they just They couldn't swim. They could. <laughs> too uh, much weight. The, he, he said he, they he, was drowning victims? Drowning victims. He said, referring to boaters and swimmers who've never been found. Lake Mead is like, it's glass. It's a man-made lake. There's no undertows. And, oh, yes, there is. An undertow in Lake Mead? I'm going to tell you right now. When you get a storm warning on Lake Mead, you could have 10-foot wakes over your bow, and I had a 54-foot boat. Really? I stand corrected. Yeah. No, you're not, not, not like glass. Everybody no, thought okay. that. And I, I, I tell you, a lot of novice boaters go out there, and the yeah. storm would come up. Never come back. Well, they'd come back without their boat. The boat would be gone. They'd <laughs> swim to shore. Well, people yeah. pick them up. No, that was a, a treacherous lake when the wind came up. You just asked my daughter, Gia. She used to hang on to my ankles and dig her nails into me, trying to, Daddy, please stop the boat. Because you can't stop the boat. You got to go into the wakes. Yeah. If you Otherwise, just stop the boat, you're going to be rolling and going. going. They're done. Okay, and uh, somebody else from uh, Vegas who co-hosts the Las Vegas podcast, his name is David Colmeyer, is offering a $5,000 reward last week to qualified divers to find barrels in the lake. Now, this may be a bad thing because there's a lot of barrels down in that lake. Yeah, but the bottom but, line, who's going to give them the permits to go down and do that? Yeah, it's, well, a, it's a state. It's a federal, the yeah. federal government runs that lake, you know, because it's yeah, Hoover Dam. The National Park Service said that's not allowed and that there are hundreds of barrels in the depths, some dating back to the construction of Hoover Dam, which was made in the 1930s. So this guy, Colmeyer, I never heard of the podcast, but then again, there's thousands of them. Uh, Colmeyer said that he heard from the families of missing people and about cases, uh, for instance, like a man suspected of killing his mother and brother in 1987, a hotel employee who disappeared in 92, and a, a father from Utah who vanished in the 1980s. Hey, it's Las Vegas. Stuff happens. Hello. I mean, think that one of those bodies or two of those bodies are one of these three people that's 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 a stretch i mean and the stupidest thing i heard reading some of these articles that are coming out that you know we all most people know that you know bugsy was killed in 47 at his girlfriend's house in beverly hills and a guy a friend of mine was sitting there when it was done through the window and they're saying maybe Bugsy was buried there. Why would you bring Bugsy all the way from California? That was a, Mickey Cohen had that that order. That, he no, had the contract to get rid of him. Not only that, there's that iconic picture of him on the couch with his eyes blown out. Hello. Yeah, no, I but mean, they uh, said Dude, we're going to bring him there to get rid of the body. Everybody knew he was killed. Why would you do that? I mean, you you, you did it to make a point. Yeah. Hello. And and they made the point. Made, it made every newspaper. And how funny, they bought her an airline ticket 
to go to Switzerland and bring back the three million. <laughs> she went. She, well, after what happened to her boyfriend. And it happened in our living room. Smiley was, I mean, Smiley, that, that guy, I mean, he was unbelievable, the, the power he had in Beverly Hills. But anyway, that. Uh, okay. One last, one last quote before we move on uh, to other burial grounds. Oscar Goodman, and this is good. When I was mayor, every time I went to a groundbreaking, I began to sh shake and fear that somebody uh, I may have run over years ago will be uncovered. Oh, my God. That he ran over? Yeah. Somebody I may have run over might be uncovered. You know, his wife is now the mayor, I think. They yes. ran that city. Yeah. I mean, he's a great guy. I like that. I have nothing to say bad about the guy. Yeah, he was uh, recently interviewed. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him lately, but he's showing his age now. He's got to be up there in his 80s. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, Goodman says, we uh, have a very interesting background. It certainly adds to the mystique of Las Vegas. So, uh, major dump site. So, do you, you want to take a break here now before we go into another part of the country? Oh, yeah, please. Okay. We'll be right back. Got to make some money. And we know where you live. Remember that. We'll find you. Hi, Patrick Picciarelli here. Before we get to our listeners' emails, a quick word about the new fiction book series I've launched. Private investigator Ray Yale tackles his first two cases in Bloodshot Eyes and The Pop Line. Both books are in paperback and are available on Amazon.com. Well, we're back for more okay. Mob Graveyards. Dump sites. Dump sites, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. They, they, you know, and, and uh, this is something else. The, the mob apparently finds a dump site, and they keep going back to it. Which I know, I that's, mean, so, that's so insane. It's 10 bodies, 20 bodies. I'm going to talk about places here. In, in, uh, the first one here, in June 1991, a fisherman found a barrel in uh, Pelham Bay Park. This was a barrel that was not submerged, just a barrel. Uh, uh Seven months uh, later, a police officer saw two men leaving the park's woods. He asked them what they were doing, and they told him they'd gone to the woods to bury a dog. Uh, well, they weren't lying. The guy was a dog. <laughs> they thought it was a four-legged uh, one, but not a two-legged anyway, one. <laughs> in, inside the barrel was the decomposing body of a man with a chain. So that's as far as he was going to get, because there's no water in uh, in uh, Pelham Park. That's funny. Think, is there? But, you know, it's... I, as I, I remember as a kid, even because you know, I, how many times I've left at JFK and and go along the Bell Parkway, that was that one strip there that where they had the stables and everybody. And they always said there, there's everybody used that place. Everybody. Well, when the cops uh, went in to, to to check out these guys' story about burying a dog, they found the the uh, the barrel with the body in it. And close to it, they found a body of a, of a man who had been shot and stabbed repeatedly. So right next to the guy in the barrel, a different guy. Well, that's wild. Well, I heard that. I mean, that's like, you know, that that place out there. And, and, well, all around Brooklyn, Corona, all of, I mean, they, where, you know, where, where are you going to take him? You ain't going to be riding around with a body too long. You want to get rid of it. Well, uh, the cops also found a gun, but surprisingly, no dog. <laughs> right, Pelham Bay uh, Pelham Bay was a dumping ground for, for, for bodies for decades so throughout New York, New Jersey, Connecticut there have been uh, numerous others uh, swamps of the Meadowlands in New Jersey 
In fact, that's where the uh, stadium is built on those swamps. Right. And that's where the bodies are buried. Uh, this was no. Uh, well, they said for a while, I remember Hoffa was buried there too. Hoffa's buried everywhere. Yeah, I know. Just one of the places. It's, it's There's a, a condo complex uh, built over the swamp uh, that was uh, financed by Hearts Mountain, the pet food people. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and uh, they built these uh, these expensive condos because they had a nice view of Manhattan skyline without doing much research. And these bodies eventually started to decompose. And even if they're, if they're far underground, the methane gas, if there's enough of them, the methane gas that the body gives off eventually flows to the surface. And there was a bad odor in these uh, $500,000 condos for years. Really? Yeah. Uh, I must have been away for that. And oh, that's good thing. In New Jersey, you're saying? Yeah, the, the uh, Meadowlands. Well, the condos, the stadium, giant stadium is there. Also, the uh, the shallow marshes of Fountain Avenue at, on the Brooklyn Queens border. That's notorious. No, but yeah, I know. But what, what I'm saying though, with, with the Meadowlands, when when was the uh, when were they complained about the odors? What year? Yeah, at least seventies, early eighties. Oh yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the uh, the, uh, the shallow uh, marshes of the Fountain Avenue on the Brooklyn Queens border. That's that was notorious. Uh, there now is also uh, another that they're just uncovering is the uh, uh, brushy area that's overgrown uh, Ocean Parkway on the Long Island Shore. They have found uh, as many as 10 sets of human remains. Oh, that's but, where they found that girl, wasn't it? Uh, recently. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, they, they found, they're uncovering bodies there all the time. But they're all prostitutes, and they're uh, they're the victims of. of but then that case is open yet. They, they didn't find the guy who they're killed all these people. Yeah, you wow. know, they suspected a high-ranking cop in the Suffolk County PD for a long time of those killings. That cop, he was a, one of the commissioners, wound up going to prison for assaulting a prisoner. He got a lot of years, and he was a big shot in the, that police department. But th this this area is known as Gilgo Beach, and uh, it's the same serial killer. Are dumping all these bodies, they found ten sets of remains so far, but they they're keeping, uh, uh, they they uh, keep on looking, and they're going to find more. He's known as the Gilgo Beat serial killer. Oh yeah, I mean that. I mean, all, I can only imagine all through that area. How I mean, if you ever drove out there, it's really desolate, which was well, what you want. Me, oh yeah, I got stuck in the sand out there one day. It was uh, it was going. I don't know where we were coming back from the Hamptons or something. I was much younger. Uh, we had to pull off the road for something, you know, probably to take a leak or something. We got stuck in the sand, but we're like three feet off the road and could not get out. Wow. We had to walk into the nearest town the next morning, all bitten up by mosquitoes during the night. Oh, you in you the spent car. the night in the car? I had no choice. It was on a, this, this Gilgo Beach area is totally deserted. There's nothing there. And What's nobody. the name of it? Gilgo Beach. It's, it's east of Jones Beach. Oh, wow. It's a it's, it's all deserted swampland. They got one road, so we figured well we'd hang out a while and the car would eventually come. There was no cell phones back then. It waited and waited and waited. We wound up sleeping in the car and got chewed up by bugs. And I walked into the nearest town the next day. It took me hours to get somebody to come out and get that car. But it's so deserted. John, you still there? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm looking at you. No, I was getting a phone call on this device, but I, I dumped it. Uh. So from 1986 to 1965, at least 65 bodies were discovered in the 2,700-acre Pelham, Pelham Bay Park. 65 bodies. That's amazing. 
bodies were found uh, floating in a turtle cove or buried under blankets, occasionally missing fingers or limbs. Some of the killings were uh, mob-related, some tied to local gangs or drug violence. Uh, you figured they would, they would put up deer cameras in there or something. You heard of these cameras? No. S- stationary cameras that hunters use to plot where they're going to go hunting next. They'll put oh, these so cameras... deers talking. know where, where, where the deer come. They go to... Yeah, so they would put them up uh, and go back a week later and see if any animals pass through. But I'm going to tell you why they don't put cameras in there. They'll probably steal them. Exactly. So, An yeah. hour later, they say, hey, there's yeah, a camera they, in the tree. Go get it. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, as they're putting the cameras in, somebody be tapping them on the shoulder. Hey, hurry up. we got to steal your camera. <laughs> okay. Uh, organized crime... Uh, uh, People known as uh, Murder Incorporated, they dump bodies everywhere. Uh, Agavino, the guy we were just talking about, Roy DeMeo, was said to have disposed of as many as 200 bodies at the Fountain Avenue garbage dump. Wow. 200 bodies. And if but see, he, people, you know why he could? Because he, he cut them all up. Yeah. He just there was no pieces. Up. He scattered them. And he would, he would also cut off their fingers and pull out their teeth. Right. So they came to DNA, the normal DNA. Yeah. I hope we're not uh, uh, upsetting anybody talking about this. Anyway, I'll tell you, we've really been extensive with John's question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we, when you think about it, in, in today's, the amount of homicides that are totally never cold cases, what could that file look like? You know, we used to call them, when I was in the NYPD, we used to call them misdemeanor homicides because nobody really gave a damn. I mean, if it was a high-profile mob hit, yeah, you know, because there was a lot of press involved or a mob war, uh, it was all hands on deck, to, you know, because innocent people were getting shot. But, you know, the the, the, the average mutt who, uh, who does something wrong or doing some skimming, he vanishes. Nobody looks for the guy. Well, you know, I, I think that's why it's the same thing when, when they say with all these prostitutes i mean they're human beings but they try to describe them in such a way they're low lives they're prostitutes so who cares well the green river killer in washington state operated for 30 years killing prostitutes he killed 40 something prostitutes and uh you know they were finding the bodies they were dumped in the in the green river that's how we got the name but you know how active was the investigation until like body number 20 popped up yeah. and then they start looking and by that time the guy was an expert but he eventually got caught. He's doing, he's doing life. When he got caught upstate or something, never my memory. He got, he got caught in Washington State, and uh, he confessed. And uh, there's no death penalty in Washington, so he got life without parole. It's a lot better than his. Oh, so that state. was in Washington State on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. The, the Green River Killer was Washington State. Oh, I didn't know that. Anyway, in, in Fountain Avenue, uh, it's it's thought, but has never been proved that the man who accidentally killed John Gotti's 12 year old son was dumped there. A lot of people said he was dumped there. And those of you who don't know that case, you want, you want to fill yeah, them tell in, Yeah, that story, man. That was terrible. It? it was his neighbor, and I think the son's name was John. Yeah. No, it couldn't because he no, had no. A, no, he has no, a... No, wasn't John. It would be yeah. two Johns. Yeah. yeah. Two. But anyway, the little boy was riding his bike. And, the, and this is this is the, so people can get a lay of the land. Uh, this was Howard Beach. This is a middle-class community. Very, yeah, it's a very, very residential type thing. Yeah, Everybody not, not had a high crime. Their own garage, their own driveways, each house. So you're looking at a track-type situation. And the houses weren't big money. They were, you know, just 
a, no, a normal neighborhood and no yeah. crime at all because all the mobsters lived there and there was no crime in their own neighborhood. And this guy accidentally ran over John's son. On a bicycle. On a bicycle, yeah. And the you know, for the longest time they said it was his wife that demanded he'd be dead. Yeah, Victoria. Yeah, Victoria. Well, I tell you, he he made he made I think one mistake uh, that may have led to his demise. The guy, uh, it was an Italian guy too. I forgot his name. Do you remember his name, Johnny? No, no. Okay, he uh, he he waited a length of time before he went over to the house and apologized. Oh, and that. One thing about Gotti, you know, this this respect thing, plus the fact that he killed his son, maybe oh, he would have well. died anyway. But uh, uh, John was famous for, for uh, uh, killing a guy who didn't show up for a meeting. I mean, let alone running over your son. But uh, I mean, that's interesting. I, I mean, I, I knew of it because I was not around here then. But, but the bottom for, uh, line is, how long did he wait? I think two days or something like that. Oh, oh, oh I was going to say, because he didn't, he didn't live much longer than that. That's two days too long. The guy's name was, and it's just coming to me now, Ferrari, Favari, F-A-V-A-R, or something like that. It was such good enough, I remember that. So he went to the house and he apologized, but uh, he had to go. So they made a show out of kidnapping him out of a diner in front of a lot of witnesses. And, and putting him in a car, and the word was that he was tortured over many days. But the bottom uh, line, that, and nobody recognized the guys who dragged him out. I'm sure they did, but nobody okay. said anything. Otherwise, they would be in car number two, so Hold to speak. <laughs> no, but and, I mean uh, that, that, that's interesting that they did it so openly. That they wanted to do it openly. I mean, that was you know to, you, you don't do what you did and expect to get away with it, and it was a genuine accident. That oh, was I know going that. Out that was, that, that was the John, sad part about it. Yeah, John's 12-year-old kid was riding his bike in the street, which he shouldn't have been doing, and uh, he, he got run over and killed. Uh, you know, it's, uh, no, that, that to me is... A, I mean, I, I, I was on the West Coast or out of the country when I heard about it. But like you said, any anybody... Uh, but... Uh, yeah, but uh, I heard the kid was like 12 years old, wasn't he? He was a, not a little well, kid, right? He was 12, wasn't he? Yeah, 12 yeah, years old. Yeah. That's a big kid. Wow. I mean, look, look, you know, like you said, you know, how much was it uh, uh, Gotti's idea to kill this guy or his wife? But, you know, I, 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 for some reason, I heard she asked one of Gotti's guys to do it. Well, there and was three guys. They do it. I mean, I'm only hearing, hearing a rumor. You can't. That's not gospel. Yeah, uh, John Ferrari, Ferrari, something like that. I don't know. But anyway, he was another Italian. You know, there's a uh, uh, over this this Fountain Area site. As soon as you roll into it, there's a big sign there that was put up by the city: "No dumping." <laughs> I mean, now they should really, have put no dumping of bodies. See, now people, they're really in trouble, man. I mean, they're dumping. Forget killing people. They they they, they can get a they can get a summons for that. I know what <laughs> I'm saying. That's anyway. Uh, John Gotti, uh, when he was uh, uh, the boss of, of his crew and then the boss of the Gambinos, uh, he favored a dumping ground called the Hole. Uh, it was. Uh, I'm uh, just looking at my notes here. It's an actual community 
of people that, that live in this dumping grounds uh, surrounded by marsh and weeds. Uh, like bums they live there, you mean? People, it, it, I wouldn't even call them bums. Uh, call them people who don't want to pay rent. Uh, in fact, this, this, uh, this one cop said, if you close your eyes here and open them in the hole, you, would, you wouldn't think that you were in uh, uh, New York anymore. You would think that you were in Louisiana. So if you can think, you know the area, you know the conduit that runs along right. uh, Bay Parkway. Uh, Ruby Street and Linden Boulevard, which is almost in Queens. Uh, the, the ground tilts downward toward the water, and uh, it's, be, it's between 12 and 30 feet below sea level. Well, anytime there's a big wow. rain or rain or something, everybody gets washed out of that, but they come back in. It was They said it was unclear when, when the, the mob first started using the hole as a mass graveyard, but the first known victim surfaced in 1981 when a couple of kids came across uh, uh, Alphonse Sonny Red in Delicado. Uh, Did you say Sonny Red? Sonny Red. Maybe that's a guy Teresa was got to get permission from. <laughs> you know, maybe. That's the same name. What a coincidence. Sonny Red's going to be. That was uh, from the, last week's show. That's yeah, fun. that's why I said the uh, the uh, the Bonanno crime family, because Sonny Red was in the Bonanno crime family. Well, that's Brooklyn, though. Baby. I, why I said uh, getting permission in the... Financial district, that's yeah. New York. Yeah, okay. That's why. Uh, resident, residents of the whole uh, calmly point to where the bodies are buried, where they were exhumed. But wh- uh, why, why, why is New York State not doing something about such a... I mean, it's, it's an area, obviously, is not very healthy. You know, there's so many things that the state should do. Nobody's bothered. These people don't bother anybody. They're not criminals. They're just living there off the land, uh, either in uh, uh, makeshift shacks. But it's like a different world. I mean, even in even in Central Park, there's an area called the Brambles. You ever get to go in there or pass no. through it? No. We were after, uh, this was in the 80s, we were after a sexual predator, a, a, a male killing male prostitutes. And this guy wasn't very well known. There was a book recently uh, written about him. Uh, but it, it it didn't make the kind of splash like the Son of Sam made back in the late 70s. This guy was quietly going around to gay bars, picking people up and killing them. He was, he was slashing to death. But it was thought that he got some of his victims from Central Park. So what do I know Central Park? I, I know where the zoo is and where the merry-go-round is. I don't know much about Central Park. But it's a big gay hangout in a place called the Brambles. So we, we went in there to clean it out. We thought this guy was looking for possible victims there. It's like you're living on another planet, John. Really? I mean, overgrown. The Central Park is well manicured. Oh, Everything yeah. is trimmed. Not, not the Brambles. What, what, what street would it be? A west side like, or east side? On the west side, I would say in the 80s and 90s. It's overgrown, weed strewn, and it's a place for gay hookups. Guys standing in the weeds. When we went in there, we, we went in there gangbusters totally looking to clean the place up we walked in there and it was eerie you walk in and you see all these shrubs and nothing's cut and you, you turn the corner and there's a guy just standing there waiting for somebody to come by maybe and get something going but wow. we, we cleared that place out that night with about 30 people and we didn't lock them up or anything it was just for their own safety uh 
But in, 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 in a week, they were back. And that was 70s and 80s. That was in the late 70s, early 80s. I can't pin it down any more wow. than that. But two weeks later, we, we went back, and the same people are back then. So well, we yeah, I mean, it was a sanctuary for them, like you said. Yeah, after that, the, whoever was giving the orders downtown said, that's it. You know, we told them why we're doing this, and they, yeah, they tended to disregard it. And this killer, by the way, was never caught. Uh, but anyway, well, he must uh, this have been one, one of them, there. obviously. Yeah, the, the, the guy that, that lives in the holy, uh, he's he's pointing out in his yard. They found several bodies in this yard. They found seven across the street, four in the corner, and about 13 in that mall before they built the mall. Oh, so the, uh, when the, when you say the guy in his yard, he just took over that property and called it his yeah, yard? Yeah, took it all, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people don't understand, you know, uh, how how we live here in New York, and there's people listening to us. These are just places that, like squatters do, and they just take over and they say, "This is where we're going to live here." And there's uh, even the cops don't go in there. You know, when I was working in the tactical patrol force in that area, I had heard about this, but there's no sector car that actually goes down in there. They're violent people. They 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 protect their. Uh, their property that they took over personally. They've been known to beat each other up. They're very clannish. Nobody goes in there unless you live there. Otherwise, you're going to have a problem. That's funny that or you're saying that because, you know, um, during COVID, there was, and everybody knows about it, there has been such an overrun of street people. And um, where I live is a very nice area. And I just saw a bunch of three or four guys took over an area under a scaffolding that the building was being remodeled. So, yeah, I know, I, so I know some people in the mayor's office. So he said, John, we'll send a car up. So they came up. Then he called me back. He was right down the block. He says, whoever the one guy is, he knows the law. He says, I have my rights. I could be this. This is city street. This is sidewalk. You can't tell me yeah, I have to go. He's right. You know, it's, I can't uh, give a ticket. I can't believe it. This guy had like three grocery carts. I said, "Why aren't you arrested for robbing grocery carts?" <laughs> grocery carts. Full of his stuff. Nobody means Maybe it's crazy. Perhaps Hertz has a uh, has a franchise. Hertz rented grocery cart. You never know. Uh, but anyway, and oh, by the way, you know, uh, Eric Adams, your your new mayor. Right. Guy's been mayor. He's going on five months. What's he done? Oh, I think he's done a lot. To fight crime? He's done everything he can do, and I think he's going to do it. Well, what has he done? Well, you can't do it overnight. No, but... Everybody they up. arrest, first of all, it's the it's courts. Open. They got to get open. the courts to stop just giving them tickets and walking out. And then give them three weeks later, you appear. These people aren't appearing. The guy that they just shot the other night, Thank God the, the cop was a good shot. He came at them with a gun. They didn't know it was an air gun. Yeah. They, they shot him, killed him. He was arrested six times <laughs> in the last year. And and stupid offenses jump in the, uh, the, the turnstile, possession of a gun without a permit. And, and, and so what are you doing? But he's doing it. Well, I hope he's doing it because I just read the latest stats, which they produce quarterly. Uh, and crime has gone way up since he's been. Oh in my office. God! Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's anyway, no one knew, uh, no one cared about these dump sites or particularly the hole. Uh, it's just, you know, because if a reporter is going to write about it, they got to go in there. And uh, no one was really enthused about going into this area, particularly, you know, with this quicksand in there. I mean, it's really bad. Anyway, in 2004, they uh, uncovered two bodies. Uh, you might know these names. Dominic Big Trin Trinchera and Phil... Philip Phil Philly Lucky Jacone. No. Okay. Uh, when when were, were they supposedly killed? Two thousand and four, uh, and they were found fresh in their graves. So somebody just you know, made them. Yeah. somebody made a call. Yeah. So since then, several journalists and documentarians have uh, have uh, made a pilgrimage to this place uh, to to find out what it's like, and they describe it as a wild west border town. Uh, Oh, I can tell you exactly where it is. In fact, this was in my notes. You know where the horse stables are off Bell Parkway, right? I've got, I mentioned them on the way out to the, to, yeah, I'll go to JFK. Okay. That, that's where the hole is. Oh, okay. Right? I know right where it is now. Yeah. Okay. By the way, uh, those horse stables are uh, maintained by the Federation of Black Cowboys. Wow. Didn't know where there were Black Cowboys. I guess there are. That's funny because, you know, and that's been there for many, many years. Now I know right where the hole is because, as you said, it's below sea level. Yeah. Because the beach I mean, where they ride the horses, the hole is on the other side of the beach and it goes down. Yeah, if it if it drizzles there. I mean, if you're going to bury somebody there, you're going to bury him really deep. <laughs> I mean, you know, this well, you know what's a, good about it? You can go in any either in two minutes. You can pull off like a flat, open your trunk. And throw the body down the hole. Literally. Well, <laughs> if anybody knows where there's a, where, to quote, where the bodies are buried, you know, please let us know. <laughs> I mean, you, you hear, if, you know, somebody's just doing something ingeniously and you never find the body. And how many of those are around? Maybe, you know, Jimmy Hoffa. Right. Before we know he's on a beach in St. Martin somewhere. I mean, we don't know. But uh, still, you know, it's, uh, it's tough to find them once they're gone. But anyway, that's what we got. Well, the good news about it, again, to our listeners, this was an email suggestion. I think we covered it thoroughly as much as we could, especially without incriminating ourselves. <laughs> and uh, keep the cards and letters coming in, please. We, we want your participation. We want to answer your questions. And we want you to tell friends about us. Yeah, somebody had made a suggestion last week about the the guy the Stefano from Chicago. I'm definitely going to look into him. And uh, from what I did, I mean, I just spent like three minutes looking looking up this guy. What a maniac! I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. So he's going to make for some interesting conversation next week. So we'll go through him. And anybody that you might uh, think of that you'd like as a guest, you know, bring it up and we'll try. Yeah, so we please. Use, you know, uh, uh, getting. People in his life to be on a on a on a show like ours is a bit of a stretch, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, who wants to talk about this stuff unless you're uh, getting ready to turn yourself in on a life sentence? Well, <laughs> and, and, unless you're, you're people like Sammy the Bull, and he has his own podcast. Why would he come know. on ours? You know? I don't want him on our show. I'll tell you that. No. Well. It's, uh, well, another great night. Thank you all, and again, tell your friends we appreciate. All your comments, all your emails, and good night, pal. We'll see you shortly. Good night, Gianni. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.
If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but Thank just you call for tuning me. in to the Hollywood Tell Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you'd like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. I'll be around.